0: Roxo Media House. From the Flying Tea Club studios at Roxo Media House, this is Frogs Today. Featuring special guests, former TCU quarterback, Jeff Dover. Super Bowl champion and former West Virginia Mountaineer, Jeff Hostetler. College Football Hall of Famer, Major Harris. And the voice of the Mountaineers, Tony Caridi. And we'll check in with our panel of experts. now, here's your host, the voice of the TCU Horned Frogs, Brian Estridge.
1: Welcome into Frogs Today. It is our football-intensive Friday. Do we have a lineup for you here today? Coming up, Jeff Hostetler, the former Giants Super Bowl winner, of course. He played at West Virginia. He's going to stop by. Major Harris is as well. You remember that name. He's a college football Hall of Famer quarterback for the Mountaineers. We'll start to dive a little deeper into this matchup coming up on Saturday. The Horned Frogs and the West Virginia Mountaineers at 11 o'clock. From Morgantown, crazy things happen there. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Our panel of experts is going to stop by as well. But right now, what we've been trying to do here on Fridays, leading into games, of course, is to kind of rekindle some of those great memories in TCU football lore. And we do that uh, with that quarterback position, of course. And we got this guy right now, Jeff Dover. Here's the mesh right here. I like it. it. Still got it. The great Jeff Dover is here with us. How you doing, man? Good to see you.
2: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
1: This is a big game coming up on Saturday. I want to get your perspective on what you're seeing out of this TCU offense. By the way, Jeff's a coach. We'll get into that later (laughs) on. But what do you see out of this TCU offense and Mac specifically, Jeff?
2: Uh, I think it's exciting and fun. I mean, these guys are – speed all over the field is a big deal. When you have a quarterback that can run the ball too and add another – you know, it's a bonus – guy in the box for you. I think that's huge in the game today. So Max is doing a great job getting the ball to the, the weapons that he has, but also the run threat is a big deal to in in today's offensive schemes to, to add bonus players in the box. I think that's huge.
1: Could you have been okay with Kendra Miller running back behind you?
2: I think so. Yeah. I think that would have been fine too. We had a pretty good one as well, yes, you but did. you know, they're, they're doing a great job of keep reloading that running back position.
1: And the wide receivers, you get a to get out like Quentin Johnson, Tate Barber, and Darius Davis, it's kind of any game you want to play. Exactly. It. It's
2: hard to match up with one guy when you got that many weapons around you and stuff stuff like that. So it's it's, they're doing a great job of spreading the ball around and I think that's a key to why they're scoring so many points.
1: Max just seems like things are happening a little easier for him too. He's not as quick on the read, you know, taking his time, but he's also getting rid of the ball quicker. That's kind of a, I know I just kind of said it differently, but he's, you know, he's patient yet quick.
2: For sure. And you know, a lot of that is experience has a big part of that. And you know, going into the season, I know there was a little quarterback controversy, but sometimes sitting back is the best thing for you. You can see the big picture and you know learn from other people and new coaching staff and all that stuff is, I think they're doing a good job of that
1: you uh you were back a part of the quarterback controversies back in the day For you sure. know what it's like and I, I thought the way that Max handled it could not have been better oh. loses a starting job was a perfect teammate knew his number was going to get called and then
2: responded no doubt just like you know any position but especially the quarterback position you know the backup's always the big talk yeah. and all that stuff but you always got to be ready because everybody's one play away and for him to be an older guy that's been around and to, to keep his mind right and to be ready to go right when he's, his name was called, that's that's a great testament to him.
1: You know, it was kind of similar situations. You played early. Max played early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that freshman year, you, you threw for over 1,400 yards, right? Nine touchdowns. Yeah. Had had the great win at Oklahoma yeah, to start yeah. things out. That's what right. was the play? 24-448? 448. Great yeah. 24-448. Still like got it. it. Yeah,
2: still so got it. Got that it. was That was the first play. Where'd you throw it? Uh, right over the top to Jason Tucker. Yeah, how about yeah, I love it? He posted Jason Tucker. That was a, to get us on the board first kind of get the momentum. Yeah, so. crowd got quiet on you. A little bit. That's yeah. the best feeling on the road is to get the crowd <laughs> quiet.
1: I bet. So that was a great win. Do you remember that day still? I mean, can you, are you one of those guys like golfers who can go hole by hole, stroke by stroke? Can you go play by play on that For sure. Win?
2: I can do that for sure. Like, really? I remember the locker room before the game, Coach Sullivan came up with a penny and told me to put it in my shoe. It was his lucky penny. Might have been, you know, just a story, but sure. it, it worked. And I remember my, they had an easy pass for me the first play, and I threw it right in the ground, bounced to somebody, <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. But then once the nerves settled down a little bit, it was, you know, a great moment in, for TCU and our class for sure. So I got to know this. Did you play with that penny in your shoe? I sure did. That, bo- that would have that bothered me. It, yeah, I didn't notice it. I guess the, all the other stuff going on, and yeah. I, I put it back in the next week, and we got beat pretty well, so I threw that penny away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was there a
2: point in that game at Oklahoma where you thought to yourself, We might win this thing for sure, you know back then we didn't know as much about, you know We just said, you know watching film and doing that stuff. We're gonna win this game We didn't you know there wasn't as much ESPN and highlights of other teams, but going into it We had a good good vibe about it And then to get on the board first and the way our defense was playing that day It gave us a chance to get settled in offensively with a younger group and then put some points on the board late to finish it up
1: Then you play the Sooners two years later here Man, I remember <laughs> that one. What a
2: heartbreaker! Yeah, it really was. It kind of
1: controlled the whole game until the very end, and they end up
2: winning ten to nine. Yeah, right? it's about fifty-eight minutes of dominance is yes. what we used to say, you know, in that game. But the rain and all that, then the onside kick late, and then the late score. Really, that was a that was a tough one to take. But you know, that's how it goes sometimes. So you just gotta. It's a Next play for the next guy and a play-by-play each play is, you know a big one So you never got to play all 60 minutes,
1: you know, our Jeff our our, uh, our boss JW won't let us bring up the 97 season around the office Yeah, any, you know, but I got to talk about that last game. Okay, because you take on SMU. You got a chance to keep them out of the uh, uh, Out of the uh, bowl Situation for sure they were, they were gonna get a bowl bid in Fort Worth that mm-hmm. night. You're on ESPN. You hadn't won a game You're out there Walk us through that game because it kind of started out the way it was supposed to. It started out the
2: right way, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. You know, it was an emotional night for sure because we all knew the coaching staff was going to be gone after that game, and yeah. you know, Coach Sullivan, his staff, are the ones that brought us in. So it was a big night for us too, emotionally, and you know, a big rival game like that. So it was a, a fun atmosphere for sure, and you know, tearing down the goalpost for a one-win team. You know, looking back is like kind of crazy, but at the time, it, it meant a lot to us right. to do that for not only the coaching staff that brought us there. But, you know, to keep those guys out is also a little bonus on top of that. So it was it was a fun game for sure and a, and a great way to send those coaches out for sure. You threw
1: two touchdown passes in the first half, right, and then ran for another and one ran in the second. And ran for another
2: one, which was, you know, I'd run it for my life. So I, I always tell people I'm real fast when people are chasing me. Right. So that was my, one of my few running touchdowns was <laughs> yeah. we fooled them pretty well. But yeah, it was a big night. And like I said, I, you know, everybody makes or the the left-handed touchdown pass right. that game is kind of one that gets brought up to me a lot yeah. but it was a blown play pretty much and i was just trying to <laughs> not get hit myself and anytime i get at the basil or lt i felt good about myself
1: yeah you're just trying to survive um, at that right. point, right you know uh, i would be remiss if i didn't bring out what happened next uh, dennis franchoni comes in uh, as head coach you're fighting for the starting job for sure but it's a totally different system you know they come in they're bringing the option in you know yep. you're coming out of grand
2: prairie then at tcu that wasn't necessarily your forte, right? For sure, was it wasn't. I've never heard. I mean, I've seen option football, like in the old '70s film and all that, right. but it wasn't my style. High school, we threw the ball all around, and that's what I came in to do. And you know, under Coach Sullivan, a Heisman winner and a professional quarterback, so that was a different, different scenario for me to, you know. But I, like I said, I don't think I would have got into coaching and doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for that experience. Yeah. you know it was tough at the time because it wasn't my forte, and so me and Patrick split a little bit. Then yeah. Casey did it and came in and did a great job running the option, but. Stepping back and looking at the big picture and learning a little more football in the back end of it instead of being involved in it all the time and you know Getting your mind ready for every week That was a big reason what I'm doing today mm-hmm. with that experience for like that coach friend and coach Dodd and those guys taught me Were you were you ready every week just in case for sure? Yeah. yeah, like I said, I think I learned more from those guys at the end mainly because I was a junior and a senior a little bit older but also the way they taught the football game and you know gave me some different experiences of, of different schemes and ideas to do so I you know I, I've never been more ready and then we still use some of those plays today at the school that I'm at coaching. yeah, yeah.
1: and then you get to celebrate the, the uh, sun bowl
2: victory so that, oh, for that, sure. that, that's what matters yeah right? the sun bowl victory victory our junior against USC I was yeah. a, we always say you know the, the guys that were around we, that we kind of boosted the program no hopefully question. to where it is today you know I was the first big kickoff to that and then the yeah. next year to win the conference and beat you uh East Carolina, the Mobile Bowl. That was a, you know, big jump start for where we are today. And
1: J.W. claims that TCU football wouldn't be where it is today if not for him.
2: That's right, that's what us old guys, that's yeah. what we live by first year. You know, I don't know if that's the case or not, but <laughs> we like to think that ourselves. How
1: good would you be in the in today's quarter, in today's systems?
2: Well, I, we'd probably all say it, but we'd probably be better today than we were <laughs> back then. But yeah, it would be nice for sure to yeah. sit in the shotgun every play. You know, I, I tell my quarterbacks today that, you know, we threw 15, 20 times a game. Right. And it was under center unless it was third and 12 or 14, so. Right. It's nice to sit back there and see the big picture. Yeah, it, it's fun to watch for sure as a fan of the game and as a, just as a coach. It's nice to see the ball being thrown around and spread out a little bit. So I think I would have done well, but again, you know. That's the old guy in me talking. <laughs> I
1: love the fact that you're still a proud horn frog. Man.
2: Oh, for sure, no doubt. Yeah. I, like I said, I, not, not that I'm at every game, but I'm, I'm tuned in, and yeah. you guys, and you guys do a great job of keeping us. my having the car at home, I love watching it and keeping up with it. So. All right, talk, Trinity Valley now, right? Trinity Valley school, yeah. right down the coach road. Coaching
1: quarterbacks, baseball coach. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, got a good baseball team coming in. Really man. good
2: baseball team. Yeah. Our football team actually is in the championship next week for our state championship for the SBC. So we, we're having a good little run over there right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, a lot of fun, man. Tell me about your family. What you got going on?
2: I have a wonderful, beautiful Horned Frog wife, yeah. uh, Crystal Dover, Crystal Finolio, formerly. Yeah. Uh, we have three young daughters. Does she teach at TVS? She does. She's yeah. the head volleyball coach there, also. Yeah. So that's where we met. So, pretty lucky guy there. We got three beautiful young daughters. Yeah. Uh, one, three, and five years old, so it's keeping me busy for sure.
1: All right, I know you got to go home and watch film on that Covenant baseball team to get ready right. for yeah, that gotta one. Got right? to always stay ahead of the game. We're, we're good rivals that way, man. Yeah. I love you, brother. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. you so much, brother. Really appreciate me. it. Yep. Proud, to, proud to have you in the Flying T Club Studios. Jeff Dover right. joining us here today on Frogs Today. Talk about quarterbacks. We got Jeff Dover. We got Jeff Hostetler, and we got Major Harris. And they're coming up next when Frogs Today continues here on the Football Intensive Friday.
0: Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth. Bryant Irvin Road on I-20 and Barry Street at TCU. Both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today show and get 10% off anytime and order online at daveshotchicken.com.
1: The Flying T Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student athletes. Flying T Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying T Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying T Club or online at flyingteaclub.com.
0: Texas-based Happy Water offers the best-tasting, sugar-free kids' drink ever made. Happy Water comes in four delicious flavors that you can find at local retailers and on Amazon. Each pouch contains zero grams of sugar, zero calories, and zero percent juice. Head to happydrinks.com for more information and to purchase Happy Water. That's H-A-P-I-drinks.com. Live happy. Be happy. Drink happy.
1: Our football intensive Friday here on Frogs Today continues right now. We get to learn more about West Virginia and a little bit of their history as we bring in one of the greatest of all time. Jeff Hostetler joins us via Zoom right now, the former Mountaineer. Jeff, great to see you. Thanks for hopping on with us.
3: Well, it's great to be here. I appreciate you guys asking.
1: All right, let's dive right into a couple of things. I I want to start with this. for A lot of folks don't realize that Jeff Hostetler was part of the transfer portal before the transfer portal existed. You started at Penn State before West Virginia. Talk about that process back in the day and how it was.
3: Well, back in the day, there was no such thing as transferring, and uh, especially transferring out of Penn State and playing anywhere else. Um, So uh, I was very fortunate at the time, um, made the decision to leave. I had actually started uh, my sophomore year at Penn State and then, Got benched, then came back in and played really well, and then promised to start the last two games of the season, and that didn't happen. Um, decided that, um, you know, I, I wanted to continue to play football, and it just wasn't going to be at Penn State. Made that decision, a uh, difficult decision. I had uh, my whole family, uh, brothers, uh, uh, sisters, brother-in-laws, all uh, were Penn Staters, and uh, to leave there was a difficult decision. but best decision in my life. So, um, yeah, I sort of started the transfer portal back then. <laughs> you,
1: you go to West Virginia, you make an immediate impact. You play, was Oklahoma the first game that you played as a starting quarterback at WVU?
3: Yeah, it wasn't a bad place to, a, a bad way to start. Uh, we went out to Oklahoma. We were at the time supposed to hold their horse, uh, because he, uh, he was going to run around the, the so much die of of uh, dehydration. So, um, for us to go out there and, and uh, to beat Oklahoma in a sea of red uh, was pretty awesome. It was a great way to start career at WVU.
1: Yeah, three touchdown passes in that one. You went on to a, a great career there at West Virginia. And then you make your way to the NFL. And I, I was, you know, I, I remember your days with the Giants and the Raiders and the Redskins. Obviously, the Giants' days stand out a, a pair of Super Bowls, a Pro Bowl opportunity for you. You should have been the MVP in one of them. You realize that, Jeff. They gave it to Otis Anderson. But I mean, what a great run you had.
3: Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll compare my my playoff uh, run to to anybody Um, I uh, waited for a long time. You know, we talk about that transfer portal Uh, at the time for me in the NFL, there was no uh, leaving the team that you were drafted by. There was no free agency. And so I I sat there for six and a half years, six and a half years of my prime athletic career, uh, waiting for an opportunity. And, um, and then when the opportunity came, it was uh, uh, it was, you know, I gotta, I gotta do it now. You know, you never know if you're gonna get another chance, and uh, to be able to be part of that, uh, and to be able to have accomplished the things that I was able to do there, um, and win a Super Bowl, um, you know, that's pretty special.
1: You, you got to play, but you were playing behind Phil Simms earlier in your career, and you're, you're trying to figure out how to get on the field. Did I read correctly? Where the first time you touched a football in the NFL in a game, you were actually blocking a kick.
3: that's that's probably correct I I'm probably the only I know I'm the only winning uh, quarterback in the Super Bowl that blocked a punt caught a pass and ran the ball before I ever threw one in the NFL so uh, I was trying everything I could to get out on the field and um, just waiting for the opportunity at the right time and then you know uh, when you get that you got to take advantage of it so I was
1: fortunate to be able to do that. Were you, was there a point ever where your frustration was forcing you to think about saying, eh, maybe I'm going to hang this up and get into something else?
3: <laughs> oh, without a doubt. You know, it was, again, six and a half years into it. And I had that, that seventh season. Um, I had an opportunity early on in the season uh, to play, played really well, uh, came, uh, uh, we, we had a big comeback and, and won a game. Uh, and then later on, I uh, got a chance to, while the game was still on the line, Parcells was testing me and um, decided that right in the middle of the third quarter against the, the Cowboys, it was a uh, maybe a 10 point game. And he said, Hey, Hostetler, you're in. And so just out of the blue, ran in, uh, took us down, and we scored. Uh, and I felt like, you know, everybody, my teammates, everybody knew that I could play. I was just waiting for the opportunity. And then it dried up. And uh, I can remember that year, I came home and uh uh sat there at the dinner table with my wife and i said you know hey babe i'm done i'm so frustrated Uh, at the end of the season we're moving back and i'll figure something else uh to do but i I just can't do this anymore the following week sims went down five weeks later uh i won a super bowl so um yeah it's uh it's a tough thing to stay into it mentally and um you know you have to weigh. You know, the the pros and cons of everything and the frustration is really, really tough to deal with. But uh, fortunately, didn't have any other alternatives. And uh, it was brought up that way to uh, on a farm. You know, uh, things break down. You got to keep plugging away just like my dad did. So uh, it paid off.
1: And now, Jeff, you think about what you've been able to accomplish outside of football uh and, and but you're still tied into West Virginia and your legacy there I know got the construction company, but to me, the thing that stands out is what you were able to accomplish uh, and assist with the West Virginia children's Hospital there. I got some buddies who told me all about uh, the effort that you put in to add another floor on that hospital along with some of your fellow uh, West Virginia mountaineers at. Uh, to me, that's that's real impact in life.
3: Well, I'll tell you, I, I've been really blessed. And I've got three sons and almost lost all three at different times. So uh, my wife and I knew how difficult it is on families when you have a child that's uh, either in the hospital because of an injury or an illness. And so um, having almost lost all three and yet being blessed that uh, all three made it through and, and um, not all families uh, have that luxury, and so what we wanted to try to do is is help those families get through some of the most difficult times. And uh, I'm uh, in really involved in our Children's Hospital. We put a brand new uh, facility, in, 215 million dollar facility, and on the top floor we have a a floor that is uh, built out as a locker room thing. And there uh, we have a family resource center that uh, we're going to help these families uh, try to take care of all those things that that continue to move on and continue to uh, go through life with, uh, try to take those things off their plate so that they can concentrate on their child that's in the hospital. And the goal was to try to put them in a place that doesn't feel like a hospital and to surround them from people that don't know them, never knew them, but uh, have committed to helping them. And those are uh, former WVU athletes, men's and women's sports uh, athletes. So um, we've, uh, we've done a great job with it. We've got a great facility. But our real work is just starting. We're going to do some amazing things up there to help our families.
1: Well, kudos to you, man, for doing that. It's a long and storied tradition there at West Virginia. Folks may not realize 15th winningest football program in the history of college football. Uh, It's a proud group, and I think Frog fans will figure that out at uh, 12 noon West Virginia time on Saturday, won't they?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think they'll they'll show up. Uh, they'll be loud and uh, hopefully they'll be pumped up and they're going to face a, a, a pretty good team that's playing really, really well. And uh, got a lot of firepower on offense and has proved it and a lot of resiliency being down uh, numerous times and coming back and winning games. Um, they'll be tough to uh, tough to beat here, but we're going to give it a shot.
1: Jeff, I'm going to do this on the air without anybody prompting me. We we, uh, we in Fort Worth host the Davey O'Brien Award every year, and they honor uh, a legend every year. Uh, we brought back Bar- Barkowski and, and Dan Fouts and guys like that. I'm going to push for Jeff Hostetler to join us in Fort Worth here in the coming years, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us.
3: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, well, hopefully we'll see you this weekend.
1: Yeah, sure will. Hey, we go from one great Mountaineer quarterback to another. Joining us right now is Major Harris. He was a dual threat quarterback before there were dual threats in college football. Major, good to see you. Thanks for hopping on with us.
4: Hey, thanks for inviting me. You
1: know, I want to dive into a couple of different things. Let's start. Let's go back to the 80s when you and I were good, man. We were in our prime and you think about that 89-90 run that you had I mean, that was his. That was as good a football that was being played at the quarterback position in the country. You were kind of ahead of your time, though, wouldn't you say that? You see these dual-threat quarterbacks today. Major Harris was a dual-threat quarterback before it was even cool, weren't you?
4: Well, you know, I don't look at it like that. You know, being that um, we actually, you know, played for a national championship, I thought we was on time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you did. You played Notre Dame in that national championship game. And I think back to that one, Major. You get hurt early on, hurt that shoulder. How how much did that affect you the rest of that game, man?
4: You know what I always compared it to? um, You know, I felt when I played, I played in cruise control where I didn't worry about hitting the gas. You know, I'm just out there and everything kind of running smoothly. But um, when I got hurt, when I hurt my shoulder, it was more I was had to hit the gas. I was more things on my mind and stuff like that. So I really couldn't focus in. Like I totally wanted to, like you know, like like it is, like when you um driving on cruise control.
1: Yeah, I get that. You're coming out of Pittsburgh, coming out of high school, all kinds of folks were recruiting you. The story I read though was that the University of Pittsburgh was recruiting you, and you wanted to go there, but they didn't want you to play quarterback. Is that
4: right? No, no, that that's not true. What that happened okay, was, uh they was recruiting me, and the coach at the time was Phil Fazio, and he ended up getting fired. You know, a lot of times that get overlooked when you're being recruited is you're going to be recruited. Then the coach might leave to take another job or might get fired or the offensive coordinator leave to take another job. And that can affect the recruit because, you know, all of a sudden the guy that's been recruiting you for a year or two years is gone. Then you get to go to West Virginia, go
1: play for Coach Nalen, who's just one of the best, obviously, and a good dude. Uh, what separated West Virginia for you at that time to go to school there?
4: Well, you know, it's close to home, you know, when you, you know, when you, you know, growing up, you know, I heard of West Virginia. I've never been there. But, you know, being from Pittsburgh, then you hear West Virginia, you think, man, that's something far off. But really, it's only like an hour and five, 10 minutes um, drive. So, right. I mean, that was perfect.
1: You had a great career there. We talked about that earlier. Two-time in the top 5 you finished for the Heisman, All-American, all those things. You you had the undefeated season. You played for the national championship. Then you you guys went 8-2 went and one or something like that that your junior year. I mean, you look back on it uh, and that was two of the best years in the history of West Virginia football, wasn't it?
4: Well, you know, we had some great teams before that and after that. You know, I think um we kind of set a trend where I guess people look for you know, the winning season, so to speak, or not just, you know, um, not just, you know, winning a couple games now, you know, even now, you know what I mean? If, if we ain't 10 and one or 11 and zero, people ain't satisfied.
1: It's crazy how it works like that now. And I guess, I guess, and it's everywhere around the country, you know, you're paying these coaches a lot of money guys can transfer in the NIL and, and people want immediate satisfaction. Don't they?
4: Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's definitely big time business now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is that. You went off into the NFL drafted by the Raiders, uh but then you decided to play in the CFL. What
4: was that experience like for you? You know, it was different. You know, when I look back on it, I mean, you think about it, you go from you got three downs to get a first, well, you know, cuz normally on fourth down you punt up there it's two downs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I guess you got to make more big plays up there. Then the field is wider. It was an adjustment, but you know, I you know I think the way the way my career went i um I ain't gonna say I wasn't patient enough. It was just you know I said, well, I go back to the states and play arena ball, so I came back played arena ball and and that was that
1: Major, did you ever get used to those guys in motion behind you moving forward before the snap in the c f l
4: you know it's funny if you go from playing you know American football to arena ball, then you know its a, you know the field gets smaller, but you can adjust better than up Canada, where the field is wider, and yep. now it's like you you're playing in the end zone. You just got to turn it, turn it around, you know, cause you know, up, up Canada, the, um, the end zone is like 25 yards long. Right. You know what I mean? You can throw a bomb for the one yard line. <laughs> hey, that's what it
1: feels like. Hey, TCU and West Virginia play you. Uh, obviously the frogs in West Virginia weren't in the same league back in your day when you're in the ECAC. T- tell me what you think of being in the big 12 now for the mountaineers and, 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 and has it helped them?
4: Well, yeah, you know, I think from, uh, Recruiting standpoint, I think we still trying to find our way of where are we going. Like where's going to be the heart and soul of where we going to recruit at? You know, when we was an Eastern school or playing Eastern schools, I mean Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Pennsylvania, um, New Jersey. You know, yeah. they even dipped down into Florida. But now that we in the you know, in the in the, the the Big Twelve, you know, I think recruiting go everywhere. You know, you go to California. You know, I think it's based on where the coaches really want to recruit at. So I probably think that's the biggest difference is we, I, I don't know where our home base when it comes to recruiting now.
1: TCU and West Virginia came into the league together. They kind of, you know, uh, will, they'll always be that bond between these two teams and they've had great games over the years, especially in Morgantown. There've been some blasts up there. Uh, yeah. You know,
4: uh, you know, I take my hat off the TCU. I mean, TCU has been a program over the years, you know, always had solid teams, always was in the hunt for the, you know, Big Twelve. Um, Um, title, and um, yeah, they're doing a great job down there.
1: Major, you're one of the great names in college football, now a college football Hall of Famer. Well deserved, my man. I really appreciate you taking some time for us today. Look forward to seeing you in Morgantown on Saturday, hopefully.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm going out of town. I'm going to be watching it definitely on TV and, um, you know, cheering our guys on. Hopefully, we can get to four and four.
1: Major Harris, thank you for the time today. Thanks for having me. There he is, Major Harris joining us here via Zoom. We got more on our Football Intensive Friday edition of Frogs Today after this timeout.
0: Say hello to the water of tomorrow, Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain, refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water, and rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain, save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth. Bryant Urban Road on I-20 and Barry Street at TCU. Both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today show and get 10% off anytime. And order online at daveshotchicken.com.
1: Football Intensive Friday continues right now here on Frogs Today. Coming up a little bit later on, our panel of experts is going to be here. We'll start to break this one down as the Frogs get ready for West Virginia coming up at 11 o'clock Central Time on Saturday from beautiful Morgantown, West Virginia. Speaking of that, the voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Good friend and a good broadcaster, folks. This guy is a pro's pro. Tony Caridi joins us right now. He's been the voice of the Mountaineers for about 65 years, and he's kind enough to carve out some time for us here today. Good to see you, Tony.
5: Brian, it's always my pleasure, and uh, just to chat with you. I grew up listening to you, of course, and uh, been fantastic. Just been a fan, and I just, you know, when I was young, I remember coming out of high school. I said, if I could just be a little bit like Brian, I'd be happy. And to to say that I'm content would be an understatement.
1: <laughs> it, it look at you today. Look at you today. Hey, Saturday is kind of a this is kind of a, you know th- there aren't any mouse traps laying around the offices at TCU. But if you're a a, a TCU player, coach, fan, whatever it is, got to kind of circle this one as a potential trap game. I try to tell people that West Virginia is a lot different at home than they are on the road.
5: They are. um, You know, coming off of what has been our worst performance of the season last Saturday, you know, against Texas Tech, uh, absolutely zero, uh, went right. And uh, there's no question about it. They're playing much better at home this season. Most recently, uh, you know, they had a good game back and forth against Baylor. And um, I don't know what it is. I'm not ex- exactly sure if that's the inexperienced young guys when they go on the road, don't quite understand what it takes or whatever it is, but they have played better at home. And, you know, obviously you, you take a look at this game on paper and it's a little bit scary. Uh, you guys are scoring at an extremely high level among the best in the nation and uh west virginia's defense is struggling so on paper it's a little scary but then again you know every week we see results that kind of make us scratch our head and i think from the west virginia perspective that's what they're hoping for
1: I don't get the sense that when Sonny Dykes talks about JT Daniels, the quarterback, and he talks about weapons at wide receiver and the freshman running back and an offensive line that you kind of had to piecemeal. I, I I don't get the sense that this is coach speak when he says, listen, these guys offensively can still be dangerous and JT can spin it.
5: They, yeah, I mean, at times, you know, Graham Harrell has come in. He's the offensive coordinator in yep. his first season. And there's no question that offensively they're better, and the big reason why is because of JT Daniels, and for those that don't know his story, five-star recruit, came right out of high school, skipped his senior year and started at USC, got hurt, eventually went to Georgia, got hurt again, and so this was kind of like his last stopover to see if he can stay healthy, which he has to this point, and you know, kind of live up to his expectations. He, he can throw it, He can throw it very, very well. Uh, he, he's very, very smart in as far as understanding the game. And um, I think at times, um, you know, we have had pass drops um, at, at, at key key moments in games um, that have, have led us to, to not being able to live up to our expectations. And then going into this one, uh, this week, we've got two running backs uh, who are banged up, one and two, uh, technically and so it'll be a challenge uh, for this offense so we'll we'll have to see how it unfolds
1: defense has struggled at times you talked about that earlier but uh dante Steele's kind of pops real quick when you put on the film the defensive lineman from a local product there who's just had an amazing career at west
5: virginia yeah he grew up about 20 minutes away in fairmont west virginia and the defensive front Is the unit that has the most experience to this point, or at least plays uh, as as solid of a unit? We got hit, Brian, in the transfer portal, like not just a little hit, like hit in all capital letters. Uh, We lost uh, the the two cornerbacks that would have started. We lost the two safeties uh, that would have started in the transfer portal. And they went out and, you know, they tried to get guys that had played a lot of games in in high level programs, i.e., James Madison and uh, north dakota state you know teams at the lower level that had won championships while they were there and you know okay but you're not going to replace those guys and so oftentimes you know i look at it and say what if it's a huge what if right uh, we have guys that are playing uh, across the country right now that if they were back there west virginia would have a solid defense but at this point. Um, it's a very, very inexperienced defense. You can tell that a lot of times they're playing, um, with paralysis by analysis. And that's, uh, that's been a big problem for them.
1: sitting at three and four on the season. There's a lot of talk out there, Tony, and I never know what to believe. I mean, is this a, I'm not going to call it a make or break game for, for Neil Brown, the head coach who Sonny Dykes loves, by the way, coached him at, at, at Kentucky. But uh, I mean, is this one of those where you look, okay, the next three, four weeks, could determine neil brown's future
5: well i don't even want to go there but i would say this that neil more though more so than anyone else knows what this business is and more so than 20 years ago the only thing that matters is wins and neil knows that right i mean we talked about this a little bit earlier today on the podcast that we do you know 20 years ago when don nealon was at the end of his career west virginia's winningest coach he's in the college football hall of fame he made on his last year in his 21st season, $250,000. Wow. And nowadays, as you know, that's a bonus. Yeah. And so my point is, because dollars have, have risen so quickly for coaches, more risk, more reward. And so nowadays, where Don might have been able to get through on a four and seven on an occasion, or a, we had a weird five, four, and two, people kind of go, Okay. Nowadays, that's no longer acceptable because you're paying these guys very high levels. And so, um, I, I think the biggest thing going forward over the remaining games is that you want to come away with it that you're trending in the positive direction. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, another coach Neil in reference, you know, he'd always say, you're either getting better or you're getting worse, you're never staying the same. And there's a lot of truth to that as a program. So I think to answer your question in a roundabout way, I think that's the biggest thing. You want to see that you're getting better as you go forward.
1: All right, tell Frog fans what they can expect, those who may be making the trip to Morgantown for uh, for uh, tomorrow's kickoff or those who will be watching on television. i Tell them all the time it's a great atmosphere for college football in Morgantown.
5: What they can expect in two words, just like it says on the uh, logo when you come into the state, almost heaven. Um, <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, fortunately for you guys, weather-wise, we're going to hit it. Um, this is going to be a comfortable game in the 60s. Uh, they're calling for sunshine. Um, you know, not that it gets horribly bad here, but you know, it can also be rainy and 45 this time of the year. And so it'll be idyllic. Uh, the leaves have kind of passed their peak, but I think you know where you're going to be located across. Uh, you can see in the what we call Chestnut Ridge, it'll be gorgeous. It'll be golds and oranges uh i I think fans you know uh they'll be respectful it'll be cool no one's got any problem with tcu if it was Pitt, obviously it'd be a little bit of a different story (laughs) um but uh i I think you'll have it fun i would encourage folks to kind of you know get around and and uh it's it's a good setting kind of similar to you guys you guys do a great job as well you know around the stadium so just have fun um it'll be perfect weather wise if you are coming in by the by um basketball wise if you're like a hoops fix person you need a little hoops West Virginia is scrimmaging um, at bowl, against Bowling Green inside the Coliseum on Friday night. If you want to get a look, if you're a huge Hoops fan, uh, they'll be going tomorrow night as well.
1: Which, by the way, I'm hearing Coach Huggins says his team's a lot better this year. Are you hearing that as well?
5: Well, I think he would also tell you they couldn't have got much worse than they were last year. <laughs> um, defensively, uh, we were really, really bad last year. They hit the portal um, like a lot of schools, and uh, we've got nine new guys on this team. I think they will be better defensively. They'll be more athletic. Uh, scoring is going to be the question. Can they get back and score? You know, we did a survey. We didn't do a survey. Did a little research last week. 42 different players have left Big 12 schools since last year. Wow. We lost the most offense, like 80 or 81% of our offense has gone from last year. I don't know if you know this or not. You guys lost less than 1% of your yep. points from last year. That's amazing, and um, I'm sure you guys are getting fired up for what should be a fun season, but you know, because most teams have lost, you know what I said, 42, it was 69, 6.9 players per team. So because there's so many new faces, I don't know chemistry-wise across the board if you can really make a strong call as to who's going to be all that, I think that remains to be seen.
1: All right, man. Have the uh, pepperoni uh, rolls warm for us when we get there this weekend. Looking forward to that. Uh, Hot cheese for you. I will do it. I love it, brother. Tony Caridi, voice of the Mountaineers, terrific broadcaster, kind enough to give us some time here today. we got our panel of experts. We'll start to break down this matchup even further. Frogs of the Mountaineers coming up at 11 o'clock on Saturday. We'll get to that after we do this. The Flying T Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student athletes. Flying T Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying T Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying T Club. Or online at FlyingTeaClub.com.
0: Texas-based Happy Water offers the best tasting, sugar-free kids' drink ever made. Happy Water comes in four delicious flavors that you can find at local retailers and on Amazon. Each pouch contains zero grams of sugar, zero calories, and zero percent juice. Head to HappyDrinks.com for more information. And to purchase Happy Water, that's H-A-P-I-Drinks.com. Live happy. Be happy, drink happy. Simply the best barbecue in Fort Worth. Dine in, catering, or drive through. 2900 Montgomery, just off I-30. Remember, the best barbecue in Fort Worth is at Railhead Smokehouse. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain, refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water. And rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com.
1: Welcome back into the Flying Tea Club studios for our football intensive Fridays. We start to break it down. We've got our panel of experts with us right now as the Horn Frogs get set to take on the Mountaineers coming up at 11 a.m. Central in Morgantown, West Virginia. All right, we got these guys alongside. Coach David Bowden's with us, Landry Burdine from the Horn Frog Sports Network is with us, and back here in the port shirt. It's not port what flavor is it this week eh, it's kind of red and maroon okay yeah, yeah. we've got uh, jeff wilson from frogs today joining us all right we'll start with coach wilson here all right oh, you talked about kendra miller all week long now you're sold on this guy running back for the horned frogs has been terrific what about it uh, what about him do you like the most
6: i think what i like the most is the way he just runs people over you know he, he he's so physical he, he has a 650 pound squat he said he's disappointed that the coaches haven't let him max out. So that's where he gets all the power. But he also has some attitude. And you know, if you talk to him, he's kind of a laid-back guy. He kind of sounds chill, but you see him on the field, and he knows where he has to go. The the catch show last week against Kansas State on third and seventeen, he knew where the marker was. He went and got it. Ran over a couple of guys in the process. So he's just a complete back. He can catch and he can run, and he will run through you. So all the 100-yard games he has this year. Maybe a little bit overshadowed because of Max Duggan, but Kendry Miller and this offense, boy, they, they, they need Kendra.
1: Yeah, no question. Neil Brown talked about that this week. He talked about uh, the fact that Kendra Miller may be the most underrated running back in all of college football. That's the TCU offense. Let's switch gears to the defense. Now Landry Burdine former safety is with us right now. All right, Landry Joe Gillespie's defense still a work in progress or are we you seeing the finished product right now.
7: Uh, Brian, I would say work in progress right now. So it's it's nowhere near a finished product. What what they're doing well right now is playing together as a unit, and and they're not. Re- the communication has been really good. I think uh, what they're not doing good is starting slow. So they're they're allowing a lot of yards early in games, a lot of big plays. Uh, the communication mistakes uh, are really. I think more related to a little bit of a chaotic environment you know kind of a big game more than it is scheme but I think at the end of the day that this defense has showed you what it can do in the second half of that Kansas State game and that's really rallied together now I would also argue uh, in Joe Gillespie's favor might have been a little hijinks with the with the uh, (laughs) signals and uh, something we got into later in our broadcast and uh, but that got corrected at halftime. And, you know, Brian, I, I think you saw a big difference made there, too.
1: Seven straight uh, opportunities for Kansas State that resulted in zero, zero points. Not bad. All right, let's talk a little bit about special teams on TCU. We haven't done a lot of this. There's a couple of rating services out there that actually have the Horned Frogs really low. Is that just because there's just a small amount to judge here at this point? you think that's what it is, Coach?
8: Yeah, I think it's also a stat that's aggressive in, in – you know, going forward it on fourth down. So you don't get to see him on the field that often. And, and really Coach Dykes, I don't think gets credit with this too often. You, you hear about Mark Tomadal as a special teams coordinator, does a phenomenal job, and that's his sole job. I mean he doesn't coach a position, so he can work with those guys. The kickers feel really kickers and punters feel really comfortable with Coach Tomadal. He spends a lot of time with them and is really giving them aspirations at the next level. But all those times going for a fourth down keeps those guys sidelined. But Coach Dykes is a guy who started when his time at Kentucky as a GA with special teams, puts a premium on it, and certainly from the head guy down, this is a unit I think that is strong. Like you said, Brian though, they just haven't had a chance. To show, off, show it off too much.
1: I think you're totally right. I want to get into West Virginia here shortly, but first I want to talk about the Big 12 overall. A lot of conversation around the country about how tough this league is from top to bottom. Jeff Wilson, tell me a better league in the country as far as consistency and, uh, you know, having teams from top to bottom being solid. I don't know if there is one.
6: I, I think you're right. I yeah. mean, you, you kind of look around and you know, geez, you think Oklahoma's not good this year. Texas is average, you know, and, and those, are the, those are the two blue bloods. Those are the teams that are supposed to carry the conference. And even Baylor, Baylor's having a what looks like a down year. But the fact of the matter is that with all these top 25 teams, these road venues, Kansas being good and being a, a tough place to play, West Virginia's a tough place to play, just as Baylor, it's a tough conference. And, and uh, you know, TCU, what, what TCU has been able to do with the talent coming to the surface. It seemed like they were just pent up frustration here the last couple of years, not winning games. And and they saw an opportunity, they bought in and and they've just followed the, the new coaching staff's lead. So good for them. Uh, right now at the top of a tough conference, but it's not over. It's definitely not over.
1: A lot of football left. You've gone through the gauntlet of four straight teams that are ranked. You're going to have a couple more before it's all said and done. All right, West Virginia is a different team on at home in Morgantown than they are on the road. Landry Berdine, you've been there. You know what it's like. Let's talk about West Virginia's defense, which has been – I guess yeah, you know, a little bit suspect this year, huh? Yeah,
7: normally the Mountaineers play a lot of really good defense. Yeah. They had the Stills brothers there for years. They always had really good cornerback play. Their defensive backs were always very active, and they were one of the most physical teams, you know, that I think the Frogs would face every year. So, uh, this defense is not that. Uh, mm-hmm. They are literally in below 117th in the country in really every major statistical category. Scoring defense, third down defense, fourth down defense mm-hmm. for that matter. Uh, lack of turnovers. They don't create any takeaways. It's, it's just one problem after another. And you know, Texas Tech picked off three passes last week and it's what what West Virginia is not doing is what the Frogs are doing. West Virginia is not playing complimentary football. So their defense is not taking care of their offense, so to speak. And, but like you said, Brian, this is Morgantown. Yeah. West Virginia, it's crazy. We've seen couches being burned. That's not a myth. So it's a weird place to play. It's an 11 a.m. game. You know, those, all those things factor into it. I'm not going to throw it to you because I don't want you to be the first to it. Exactly. Uh, but playing in Morgantown is different. For yeah. sure, and that's something that, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit concerned
1: about. But you also like the fact that it's an early kick for your safety, if nothing else, on the sidelines.
7: I do like that. I, I have that's, been that's hit with a few things that's on the that's side. There in Lubbock are the yeah, two it, places. Exactly. All right, of.
1: that's defense for West Virginia. Let's talk offense now. Coach David Bowden, uh, JT Daniels, 7-0 as a starter at Georgia, goes to Southern California. You got uh, Neil Brown, who uh, has a history with Sonny Dykes. I mean, what gives here? They, could, they may have an advantage, huh?
8: Yeah, well, there's a lot of familiarity between these staffs for sure you look at the fact that coach Sonny Dykes actually coached Neil Brown his second stint that quick stint as a receiver coach at Kentucky and there's a lot of overlap this this whole tree starts with Hal Mummy, Mike Leach down to Sonny Dykes to Neil Brown and then Graham Harrell their offensive coordinator so they know what's going on I I imagine that Sonny Dykes has spent a lot of time with Joe Gillespie this week sitting down and kind of going over some trends and, and really where this offense can, can get, can get firing. And so you look at the staff, you talk about Graham, Her- Graham Herald, his dad's a, a you know, big time high school coach here in North Texas, well-known. Sonny Dykes was his offensive coordinator at his time at Texas Tech. Matt Moore, their offensive line coach uh, for West Virginia, he played at Valdosta State, division two power in Georgia. That was under the Hal Mummy Mike Leach <laughs> days at their time there. And you look at Chad Scott, he's a guy that played at Kentucky He coached at Texas Tech. So this, you know, it's all over the place. They know this offense. They know they're going to run mesh a bunch of times uh, offensively. They're going to see that. And certainly, I think they'll have a plan. I think this is a week, though, you know, with this offense that they'll start bringing, dialing up a little bit more pressure defensively, more of a pocket passer in JT Daniels. As you said, big-time, five-star prospect coming out of high school, out of Irvine, California, where they sort of breed quarterbacks. Went to USC, transferred to Georgia had that battle during the national championship year and then playing out his final year here at West Virginia. He's played a lot of football, Brian, and I, and I think this is something that, you know, they can get after him a little bit because and, and, he's not a runner.
1: All right, sounds like it's kind of like you're playing your cousin. That's right. You yeah. know, Well, we're and in West, West Virginia, Virginia. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, you might as well, right? That's, that's true. All right, let's get some predictions on what's going to happen here coming up Saturday at 11 o'clock at Morgantown. Jeff Wilson gets the first knob. What do you think happens here?
6: Uh, I think TCU is going to start fast for once. I think that they're going to, they've really focused on that. They want to start quick. They know that it's gotten them in the past or could have gotten them in the past. And if you do it on the road, it might be trouble. So I, I think that that TCU starts fast. I think they don't have much trouble. Uh, And I know, I know all the bugaboos that could happen. You know, that maybe they have a letdown because they're not playing a ranked team. I don't. I don't buy into any of that. I think TC wins somewhere around 41 to 24. Ooh,
1: okay, 41-24. Landry Bernard, what do you see? It can be a tough place to play. Frogs have lost four straight to West Virginia.
7: Four straight. Four <laughs> How about straight, that? Yes. I don't know that I realized that. Yep. Um, I got to tell you, I, this game is a trap game for me. Uh, it has me a little bit nervous, it, and and I think that the frogs are going to win the football game. I think they're going to win the football game. Handily by the end of it, but I think there's going to be some moments during this game where frog fans and and the frog faithful are a little Upset <laughs> maybe is the way to put it and, and I really say that because Morgantown is a weird place to play uh, the fans are going to be pretty crazy down there, but I tell you why I believe the frogs are going to win and ultimately win big is because of the locker room, uh, the senior leadership in that locker room and the attitude that this team has taken on game in and game out is enough to convince me that they can beat anybody in the country. And, uh, I do think at the end of the day, they're going to handle their give business. Give me a score. You want to score? I want to score. Give me a score. All right. Score. I'm going to give you a 42 to 13 42, frog 13 win. I like it, and right. I think the majority of that forty-two is going to be in the fourth quarter. Okay,
1: good deal. I like it. Another strong fourth quarter uh, for the Horn Frogs. Last time TCU beat West Virginia, Sonny Dykes was on the staff for the Horn Frogs. Does that help again this year? Yeah,
8: like you said. I mean, they've like the last three trips out to Morgantown, they've they've left there with a blowout loss, yeah. and so I think though this is the best TCU team in that time heading in there, and it's also the worst West Virginia team heading in there. I understand the Morgantown magic. But I think the, the early kickoff really helps the Frogs in this case. They're used to getting up early. Um, they, they practice early in the morning. The guys talk about getting up at 5 a.m. every single day. It's part of their routine. I think that, that favors them and the fact that you don't have to play in a weird place at night. It could get weird. It could get interesting. However, for me, if I, I had a bet on it, I'm saying 42-17 Frogs. I just don't think this defense is capable of stopping all all the firepower. I like the
1: 17 number. I'll be honest with you. I think you're right on there as far as West Virginia is concerned. I just think it might be a little bit tighter than that. I mean, it might be 31-17 Horned Frogs win on Saturday against the West Virginia Mountaineers. A big thank you to Jeff Wilson. You can find out everything you need to know about this matchup, plus a review after the game on frogstoday.com from Jeff. Of course, Landry will have all the coverage on the Horned Frog Sports Network from the field. And Coach David Bowden will be breaking it down all next week. secting the frogs as the frogs get set now to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Thanks for joining us on this football intensive Friday edition of Frogs Today. Uh, We want you to go to that website, FrogsToday.com. We want you to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the website and to YouTube to our channel as well here at Frogs Today. All right, until we see you next week, TCU and West Virginia. It happens on Saturday at 11 o'clock for the fellas.
0: Frogs Today is brought to you by The Flying Tea Club, supporting TCU student athletes, and by Richards Rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Frogs Today is a production of Roxanne Media House. OXO Media House.